hello, this is the Crush Monocle Podcast. Uh, I'm your host. Wait a minute. No, that's not how it goes. It's yep. hello, this is the Crush Monocle Podcast. <laughs> the podcast that talks about stuff, all the stuff. <laughs> it's, you got to keep the whole thing. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> we always screw up the intro. We have to. So good. We have to. It's, this is the podcast that smells like sex and candy. It's the 1998 episode. I, I had understand. I had to put that I in there somewhere. I just was I wasn't ready. Okay? It was either that or it was the podcast that the only thing that matters if you're Team Brandy or Team Monica. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the boy's mine. Okay. Uh, the boy is mine. Hello. No. The boy is mine. The boy um, is mine. All right. So. So yeah. First of all, I do want to. Oh, I'm I'm your host, Coop. You gotta introduce. Yourself. I'm Coop. <laughs> Are you the host? Who I'm the you? host. I'm the, <laughs> I, I'm the co-host. There's two hosts. I'm no, you're Coop. the host. All right. <laughs> and this is my co-host, John. Hi, I'm the host. We're. This is the 25th episode, and we still suck at starting these things, man. It's terrible. Best part of the podcast. You can, anybody that is a subscriber should know that like the first three minutes is the best part, and then just hang. You just. <laughs> Closing out. <laughs> um, I do want to say though, uh, I just said it about being twenty-five uh, episodes in. This is the twenty-fifth episode, and that's a big deal to me because that means we've yeah. been doing this. This is like the third year we've done this for. It seems longer than two years. I don't know because yeah. we do it for every month, but it's just actually we just started this thing. I, I didn't think I was going to do this for very long. I was like. <laughs> There's no way I can host a freaking podcast, you know. Uh, but I do want to say uh, a shout out to everyone who has liked and subscribed and listened. For sure. Personally, shout out all the guests that we've had over the past couple of years. Yep. Brandon Paris, a good friend of ours from the site, uh, as people. Kelly Scott from Failure, director BJ McDonald, Steve Al- Albini, uh, Paul Fictionally. Uh, Zola Jesus, uh, yep. The Ghost is Clear Records, Rachel Hayden, London May, Dejuna, Mothica, yes, that was a funny <laughs> and director Chris McKay. So, yes, yeah, they're all good. I shouldn't be picking favorites. They were all amazing. Yes, so I do want to shout out all of those people that's been on the show and hopefully people that will be on later. But we you're, shout, you're shouting out current guests or future guests? Yes, this is, okay. a, this is my pitch. So okay. I can always say, oh, okay. see, I can always say, see, I already shouted you out, you know, so now we have yeah. to make good on it. So did you say like Dr. Dre? I mean, who would you, who, who would be like, who is like, who is the, who is the guest that you, if you shouted out and they had to come, who would you, who would you shout out? Nicholas Cage? That would be, that would be dope to get Nicholas okay, Cage. Okay, but like, I want you to think of like your pipe dream. I don't want to put my pipe dream because then someone will beat me to it. But, like, have you ever seen Cinderella? If you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. I'm not going to talk Cinderella. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, You were supposed to say Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh, no, I mean, okay. So I've been thinking about that. I really have been. And I think that Gina Gershon would be more fun. I agree, but... And I also think that Tim McLaughlin would be more fun too. Yeah, is that his name, Tim McLaughlin? 
I don't fucking know. I'm pretty sure. Now I have to Google it. <laughs> See, the guy from fucking Twin Peaks, man. <laughs> it's Cooper. <laughs> what, isn't that his name? Laughlin? Laughlin? Something like that. Uh, I don't think that's his first name. <laughs> yeah, his name's McLaughlin it's McLaughlin. McLaughlin. <laughs> This episode is so we are on track. This yes. is a what? This is a uh, what is the guy's name from Twin Peaks? I don't know. So now we've already talked about Showgirls. We already got it out of the way. Kyle, his name's Kyle. Kyle Tim, McLaughlin. Kyle, Kyle and Tim. You know, same difference. Yeah. Either way, we're not getting on the podcast. There's no way. <laughs> not at this point. I just fucking barbecued that one. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, actually, we talking about Kelly Scott is when he entered when he like pitched himself to come on. So yeah. <laughs> hey, we love Kelly, dude. Kelly's the shit. Yes. If he was wasn't such a busy guy beating the hell out of drums, he could be like the third host on the show. Yeah, for sure. He'd be our guy for sure. Usually, every episode, we talk about what we listen to each month, uh, the past month. So, do you want to start, or should I go? I'm going to start, because I feel like I left something off last month, that I was like, why the fuck did I leave that off? <laughs> um, so, there, there's this band, I mean, God, everybody's out of the same fucking city, right? That's okay. When the city that you like, live right in, sure. like, right next to. But uh, these beasts put out, like, it's like... It's so hardcore and like heavy and like noise rocky, but like it has like I don't know, like Soundgarden psych vocals over okay. the top. A yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, melodic. These beasts, like it's so good. They have uh, EPs. They put out a couple EPs, but they put out like a full length. Um, and I meant to bring it up last month, and I fucking skipped over it. And I was like, "God damn it!" So, <laughs> these beasts was the name of the band. These, yeah, like okay, yeah, cool. like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. yeah. Um, and then there was two more that I had that I just wanted to shout out real quick. The new Jesse Ware album is insane. Have you listened to that? I haven't listened to it. No, dude. It's like the fucking, it's like, it's like disco crack. I mean, I don't even (laughs) fucking know. Like I've never done drugs like that, but like (laughs) I listen to that shit and I'm like, fuck yeah. It's like, it's total like mom. Like she's like, she's like a, like as old as us, you know, whatever. She has like three kids. But it's just like total disco dance record. Cool. And it's just fucking spectacular, dude. It's like it's like you listen to it and there's no way you're not smiling at some point. Yeah. It gets so fucking good. Uh and then one more was hmm. Oh, the new uh Tunic album, which dropped late April. Oh, okay. I've, yeah. Had no idea that it came out until this morning. I'm actually I always write these things down and I try to listen to them. Um Yeah. I've probably got a I whole. Every, I read everybody's shit down. Too, I got man. a whole notebook of stuff. That... Jesus Christ, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of notes. <laughs> no, but the new Tunic album is just honestly like solid, like noise rock. Like there's mm-hmm. not there's not really like too much too crazy about it. But they do like you. They'll get into like a perfect noise rock groove, and then like the bass or the guitar, or somebody does something a little wild. They're like, oh, cool. Like kind of like locks you back in. Yeah. So. And it's like nine songs, thirty-two minutes. Like you fucking just bang through it. It just yeah. it's like, it's like it's like a it's like a for me it's like a noise arc rinse. Like I'm like I need something that just gonna fucking make noise and be loud and shouty for a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I get that, and I like rinse, and then I'm like, hey, cool, I'm ready for everything else. You know, like when so, you yeah. when you need noise rock, but you don't want to deal with the hassle. 
No, dude. That, no, I mean that. I mean that's kind of what that genre's turned into. Me, it's like, right? You know, it's like I've experimented. I've listened to so much shit. I've tried so much shit out, and I'm like, I just need like something to like hit really hard for right. like a half hour, <laughs> and I'll put on like some one of my favorites of the year or whatever, and I'm like, cool, and like the bass and the dumb drones and beat the shit out of me, and then I'm like, cool, okay, all right, let's go find some other shit, you know? Like, so yeah. The thing I listen to, I think I talked about uh, to you, at, not on the show, but right, the, right. the name of the band is Haunt. Yeah. And it's a, they're, I keep saying they, but it's actually this one dude who plays all the instruments. That's how it always is with those like crazy, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, he's from Fresno. His name's uh, Trevor William Church. Mm-hmm. Haunt is kind of like throwback 80s, I, I would say thrash, but it's more upbeat and positive. So it's kind of like power metal, you know, it's kind of <laughs> cool. like, yeah, yeah. you know, Trans Am metal yeah. or whatever you'd call it, you yeah, know, trans- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I love that. Yeah, yeah, tight, tight jeans with holes in the knees. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> High tops. Yep. Yep. But uh, it's uh, the album's called Golden Arm, and it's probably cool. his tenth album. I don't even know. He's got. If you go to his band camp, he's got like fifty albums. I don't know. You're a one man show. He probably puts something out like every six months or three. Months yeah, or probably. Yeah. Uh, but the production's super tight. It sounds like it comes from the eighties. Very cool. It's got like shreddy guitars, a lot of Van Halen stuff, a lot of harmonies, and uh, even for um, a thrash metal sound, the drums are killer. Are they live drums? Did he was he able to track his own? Because a lot of the times, like those like one man like metal bands, they just kind of program their shit in. No, no, this is all instrumentation. This is like so he can play with his like thrash, his like picky thrashy bullshit. Oh, that's cool. That's a little bit more motivating to listen to. Yeah, I kind of hate him because he's good at everything on the record. Like he's a good singer, good guitars, good bass player, good drummer. Right. But yeah, Golden Arm is the latest release. I actually pre-ordered on on vinyl. It should be here pretty soon. Nice. L- listen to anything on his Bandcamp because it's all about the same type of you know vibe. So yeah, very cool. That's what I've been listening to for the past month. Nice. Yeah. So being that this is the twenty fifth episode, let's go back twenty five years, which would be nineteen ninety eight. Old would you be, Coop? I was 15 years old in the summer of 1998. Me too. So we're we're about the same age. I think. I think you're like a month in front of me or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little older. But um, yeah, man, what were you like in 1998, John? Uh, in 1998, I all I wanted to do in my life was fucking have band practice, smoke weed, mm-hmm. and play Nintendo 64. That's all I wanted in my entire life. Uh, I mean, I didn't smoke weed, but the other stuff, sure. And then, like, all I wanted to do was, like, listen to that fucking music, like, all day. Yeah. And then at night, I would just, like, watch, like, all my favorite movies. <laughs> you know what's... But, I mean, that's like, DVD... Sounds... That, was that... No, that was VHS still in 98, right? Like, we had not like, transitioned over. Right. It was, like, borderline. Right. We heard about DVDs, but they weren't a thing yet. Yeah, I didn't have one. No, I wasn't. I, I wasn't it. a rich kid. I didn't have a freaking no, no, no. DVD player. I didn't have any friends when I was 15 years old. Like, zero friends. friends? No friends. 1998, I had no friends. I was antisocial, introvert, normal, weird kid. Coop. I would have been your buddy. You would have. We could have played 64 together. Hell yeah, we would have. 
<laughs> I would I would have made you listen to all these trash albums I'm about to bring up. Uh hey, look, I would have been listening to those trash albums and bringing up trash <laughs> albums for you to listen to. Uh okay, so the weird thing about 1998, we talked about it a few years ago on the 96 episode just to bring everybody up to speed. The telecommunications yeah, This act, is kind of like a trilogy. You should remind people like what episodes you should listen to in order to listen to this one. Because they do kind of fit together. They do. And like every year, we'll just go back 25 years on one episode. Okay. Okay. So is that what we're doing? Like every anniversary or whatever? Right. Okay. Okay. So on episode two of this podcast, we talked about the Telecommunications Act of 1996. That's when uh, it became okay for stations to have payola. You know what I mean? Like instead of radio stations, they play what they want you to hear instead of what we wanted to hear on them. So that changed music in 1997 sucked because they was trying to flush out everybody and bring in new artists because they didn't want to put any money in anything. I don't know the 97 episode, what number it is on this podcast, but it was like last year we talked about that. (laughs) But okay. So in 1998, everything was kind of went back to business as usual. You know, um, we didn't have 5 billion artists like on mainstream radio. That was like 1996, but we didn't have all just new artists like 97. We had a pretty good balance. And for the most part, uh, there was rock, pop, hip hop, normal. And a ton of new metal. uh, New metal did kind of pop, pop up towards the end. Yeah. 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 We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, but for the most part, uh, everything was conceptualized. Rock was on rock stations. Pop was on pop stations. Blah, blah, blah. So, for sure. in saying that, it brought the serious problem that pop became a genre instead of what was popular. So, pop music kind of took over mainstream radio as the dominant music genre. Yep. That was rough. It was a bad time for music. I mean, there was some bangers in 98. I'll say that. No, I, okay. So I was like, okay. So like for me, when I think about that, when you bring that up, mm-hmm. is it you, for me, I had like a conventional thing of where I found music, right? It was right. like a ton of music videos, ton of MTV. If I went over to a friend's house, then have cable, we'd watch the box or whatever the fuck. And then like, it was like, Alternative slash rock shit was just everywhere. And so, like, that's where I would find my shit, right? When that, when the pop shit started happening, it became, like, twice as hard to find shit. I agree. Because they weren't giving, they were still kind of giving attention to rock music, like, but it was the shit that was, like, easy to find. And that's why I brought up, new like, new metal and shit like that. Like, the bands that deserved attention and that were fucking dope as fuck, like, two years ago, three years ago, you know, whatever, and they were coming in with their follow-up record, like, their sophomore album or whatever, it's got fucking buried. And they would have gotten it, like, the same to, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it bums me out when I think about that shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, what is happening? Like, it was like, why, why? Why are we doing this to You know, and it felt like people that were our age at the time, like, it felt like you're like, you were like turning on us. Like, why are you doing this to us? You know, like we were, we were fine. Mm -hmm. And now you're doing this. 
you knew it was coming, but Super Drag is my favorite band. Right. And they had their sophomore album to come out uh, in early 98. It didn't have right. a music video. No songs right. was played on mainstream radio. They completely right. just dumped on this record. Yeah. If it wasn't for getting like a random postcard in the mail, I didn't even know that it was coming out. Yeah. And this that's was my I mean. favorite band. Yeah, that's what I mean. When I got the record, which was like March of 98, it, my mind just blew up. Like I couldn't believe what I was listening to. It was, it was so good. It's still my favorite record of all time, Head Trip in Every Key. Right. When I listened to that record the first time, I'm like, wow, a band can do this? They can, like, change their entire sound and it can be good? So yeah. I thought in my own head, like, well, this is going to be, like, the hit record of the summer. Right. Like, no one even knew it came out. No. No. I mean, I mean, a similar example is, like, I think about Hum's second record, right? Oh, yeah, and yeah. Downward is Heavenward. Like, mm. that is now revered, like, as time has gone past, like, you know, like it's not as big as it could be or should be, but like it's revered as like an underground fucking unheralded fucking classic of like all time. Like, and how was it underground? Wasn't it on a major label? No, yeah, I mean they were on Interscope from what I can remember. Right, like I'll have to double check, but they were like the RCA. Yeah, it came out on RCA just like that. The um, so you prefer an astronaut like the album yeah. before? And like, yeah, I mean, fuck, dude, like that album. I mean, you know, I know that you love Super Dragon. There are circles, you mm-hmm. know, with him. But, I mean, I, I would argue that, like, this Hum album, like, is one of those things that, like, as decades have gone past, like, people have gone back to. And they're yeah. like, this these guys are legends, and this is one of the greatest fucking albums of all time. Yeah, how come we're just stumbling on it now? Yeah, and, like, <laughs> you know, like, RCA, like, gave them millions of dollars. They had to, re- re- they had to record it twice. Yeah. Like, they wrote songs ditched him and like restarted and it's like that's i mean and it it's a little obtuse i guess i don't know but like that's some that's the direction we could have gone right like we could have gone like we have all these great rock bands kind of like the late 70s you know like we have these great rock bands and they're being very experimental and we're just kind of going with that yeah but then you know it's like we got the pop shit just like we got or not that we got but like disco shit kind of came in like as that shit got too eccentric you know? Well, we talked about in the 96 episode how a bunch of bands got record deals who probably didn't even need or deserve record labels. Okay. No. I mean, not, I, love, I, mean, not I deserve. love them stumbling upon those. Like some random dude in like a band called Seaweeds. Like, yeah, Interscope gave us 100K. Yeah. And we didn't know what the fuck to do. We just made an album. And they thought it was dog shit and they kind of put it out. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Like, just true money, you know? Like, I don't mean like they didn't deserve a record label, but I mean a record deal. But I mean like Come on, a lot of those bands did not deserve Okay, a but the deal. good ones, like they ponied up when this ninety eight was the year that they was making their sophomore records and yeah. these were the albums that had money poured into them. And just about all the good bands had good records for those sophomore. Well I know. Albums. But the thing is is they like the the labels paid for those and then like as they were coming out or like midway, they were like Fuck it, never mind. This is gonna make us more money. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, see ya, dude. Like, see ya. Sparkle Horse, their album uh, came out in '98. The Good Morning Spider or whatever it was called. That was that. That was on a major label. No one cared. Went. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and like now, that's one of the people call that like one of the greatest records of the '90s. Yeah, I mean, and like, and one that didn't end up coming out was like that 
Toadies album. Not that people love the Toadies or whatever, but do you remember they were like big? Kind yeah, of in like I mean, they had that one song, and like they made them a one-hit wonder. They yeah. weren't because you know? they made another album. They were like, no, yeah, we're not putting this out. And they were like, what the fuck? It's just exact. I mean, it's the same fucking thing we just did. And they're <laughs> right. like, no. Yeah. Like, and just like derailed like bands, like maybe bands that never should have been on late, like big labels. Sure. Like they, you know, like, and much respect to love and to anyone that like would ever listen to this and like is in one of those bands. Like, I love your albums. I'm right. just saying, like, you being on Interscope is a little fucking backwards. But that's more on the label than it is the band. Well, it's one thousand percent on the label. It's one trillion percent on mm-hmm. the label. If you were, if I was like in my like early teens or twenties and like my band was good and fucking you know like fucking DGC like came to me and was like, do you want a fucking record deal? <laughs> right. like, Fuck yeah, I do. I get to be on the same label as fucking Sonic Youth and fucking Nirvana and the Breeders and shit. Like, of course, Fuck right. yeah. Like I would, I wouldn't even think twice. I'd be like, "Do you want my social security number and whatever <laughs> yes. else you need?" You know, right. like, yeah, fuck, dude. And that's not to say that like there was some big bands that had good albums because there was. Ninety eight was a, a banger year for pretty much all popular music. I'll say. I mean, to even to a degree, the stuff I hated back then, it is kind of kind of holds up today. I mean, at what point are we going to bring up the elephant in the room? I mean, OK Computer, right? I mean, OK Computer, though, come out in 97, though. Did it? Fuck me. No, it didn't. I thought, I swear to God, it was about. No, it was 97. I'm pretty sure. No, you're right. Fuck me. That's because Capital or whoever, I think Radio was on Capital, they cared. They gave Radiohead respect and, like, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to push that album then. But if... I mean, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, that's my whole fucking point. It's like, they just like they put a ton of money into letting these bands do another album. Like they're like, here, you know, you sold one million copies on your first one. You're going to sell five the next one. Right. Gave them that type of money, and and then they they got done. And they're like, here's our album. They're like, <laughs> get that fucking shit. Out if of we're here. talking like alternative rock, which all rock pretty much died in '98 in the mainstream, as far as everybody's mm-hmm. concerned. That's when rock it became so hard to find. It become irrelevant to pop culture. Okay, so I just I just name dropped Super Drags, Head Trip, and Every Keys. I put that album up with Revolver and Pet Sounds. Not just because I'm a fanboy, which I am, but that's just right. a damn good record. You can listen right. to any of those songs. You're like, hey, this could have been recorded in the 60s. It could have been recorded in 2012. You don't know. Right. But yeah. look at all the mainstream alternative rock of the same ilk that was popular in 98. I just wrote down like some. Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta, was one of the bigger songs of 1998. I fucking hate that. I hated that band so bad. Though. They were they were actually uh, uh, Harvey Danger was actually on an indie label that Super Drag was on before Super Drag. Was I signed. mean, I'm sure they were. I just that. But okay, how did that get popular over Head Trip and Every Key? Fastball, the way from Fastball was another big song of '98, but we still had Head Trip and Every Key that didn't get radio play. I feel like I'm like sitting on my couch or sitting on my friend's couch and him wa- forcing me to watch Dawson's Creek. Freaking Dawson's when Creek. Bring, when you bring that up, that's how I feel. I'm like, I feel like I'm being forced <laughs> to watch Dawson's Creek again. <laughs> well, and then from the negative sense, I wrote down this list of popular songs from 98. I'm just going to name a few of them off so you can give me some commentary on them, okay? Go ahead. 
The Offspring, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. God damn it. One of the worst songs. The song is so bad that it's a ripoff of their own song, that Keep Them Separated song. It's the same oh, song. I know. Okay. I don't want to talk about it. Go ahead. Everlast, What It's Like, was a popular song in 1980. <sighs> <Good>. <laughs> the New Radicals, Get What God You Get. God damn it. I fucking hate that song. I hate that. It makes me so angry because, like, it wants to be a good song, but it just isn't. No. And the thing is, too, is, like, the dude was so obnoxious in the video. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. <laughs> Other big songs that come out in, uh, that were popular in 98 was... Why are you doing this to me? One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, God damn it, dude. Mm-hmm. It ruined so many things and uh, with so many lyrics so fast. <laughs> uh, the aforementioned Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy, was a big song in 98. I mean, that album wasn't the worst. That band wasn't the worst. I, I don't feel think like I ever they listened just to wrote them. some dumbass slacker indie song, and for some <laughs> reason, like, radio picked it up. Like, it wasn't their fault. They were just being – if you listen to their, like, shit before yeah, and, like, shit – that they did then and like shit after it's basically like a 90s version of mac demarco like it's okay they yeah weren't trying they weren't trying right. to do that. it's just that the dumbass fucking it's just too stupid to like more <laughs> i guess okay go ahead semi-sonic closing time god damn it fuck me dude this is painful <laughs> So that's uh, that's some of the okay. And then the, do you want to have anything more? That's it, huh? You're just gonna there's more. Uh, Green Day, Time of Your Life. God damn it! Could you imagine all the graduations that happened this year? That year that, that played was, this song. That was my fucking graduation song to graduate ninth grade from junior high. <laughs> um, okay, the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. Fuck. Dude, this is terrible. Right? Why am I on this podcast tonight? Okay, I don't want to do this. Oh, it gets worse. Okay, go. All the all the ska that I hate it with every fiber of my oh, being. No, this is when like big band shit got. Oh, oh no, yeah. See, ska me. gave way to big bands. Oh, then we no. had we had the guy from Stray Cats, whatever his name was, with that jump jive and whale song. Oh God, yeah. What's his oh, name? Like... You know who I'm talking about. I don't want to talk about his name. I know who he is. I don't want to talk yeah, about Yeah, okay. Him. So he sucked in the 80s. So of course he was going to suck in the late 90s. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Old Navy big band. And then this. the greatest of all. Don't do it. The Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Damn it, dude. I have a headache. <laughs> and I didn't have one like two minutes ago. What the fuck? <laughs> Another. Why are you doing this? Yeah, okay. So this is the garbage that came out in 1998. Don't do this to me. Oh, uh, also, uh, Creed came out in 1998. It had a string yeah. of string of hits. I, do you mean the string of hits? I sold 10 million records. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> so this is why I'm like I was just hiding in my bedroom playing Nintendo 64. Exactly. I don't want to go outside. It's scary out there. <laughs> uh, so here's a here's a few other things that came out. No, good, God. good and bad. Okay, I'm not gonna say all of them are bad. Yeah, am I gonna get a good one anytime? We're soon? gonna get a good one. The BC Boys came back with "Hello Nasty." Yeah, I mean, but that album's kind of fucking obnoxious. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. I think there's a good album in there. It just needs edited. Yeah, because yeah. when that album has good songs, the songs are freaking good. 
But they just like they just did their like ba 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 to like just. I like that album. That, that I, shit was on eleven. I want to defend it. No, I, I'm not gonna. And I'm not gonna fight for it. I, <laughs> I accept it. It's fine. Okay, Rob Zombie came out with Hellbilly Deluxe in '98. There's some tracks on there. That album overall is kind of dog shit, but Dracula's yeah, a banger. Dracula's fucking dope, and uh, Living Dead Girl. Yeah, and then what's the hell yeah? I'm the one that you want. Uh, what the fuck song is that? It's not the first one. <laughs> but you know, Super Beast, Super Beast, Super Beast. You know why uh, that album's not so bad from Rob Zombie? Because basically, it's a white zombie album. Well, because he he, he kind of knocked off the ministry thing. He stopped trying to oh, pretend to be ministry. Uh, yeah, man, I fucking love. <laughs> I don't want. We, that's ninety five. We don't need to go yeah. down that. Um, okay, here's some other hits. Uh, Scott Weiland went solo, and he had this song called Barbarella. Yeah, was, that album was trash. That album was trash. Did you like, did you like that album? I, I I tried like four times, and I was this is dog shit. I like that song because I thought like this is kind of cool. It's like a David Bowie kind of thing. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I but, thought that I wanted that album to be good, and it was dog. It's shit. not. There's not one good. That's the only song that's worth listening to on that record. Yep. Yep. The Verve, uh, the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony was a big song from '98. Oh my God, I liked the song, I guess, but that was one of the songs that would have been but okay. Like but it's overplayed. From the radio, uh, Rolling Stones. Do, 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 do. Isn't that a Rolling Stones song? I don't think it's wrong. I think it's like. Isn't that violin or, or that strings? That strings is from like a classic rock band. It's it's a sample, but it's not from the Rolling Stones. Oh come on! Yes, it is. I don't think so. Um. Okay, let's see what else we had to come out in 98. Um, one of my favorite albums of all time was God Lives Underwater, Life in the So-Called Space Age. Yo, is that the one where the girl eats the eggs backwards? It's a guy, but yes, that's the one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the person. <laughs> that, I, didn't, I didn't mean to assign gender. Right. That's my bad. That's my bad. Uh, that's a fantastic record, and that's a killer video. Dude, that video's wild, dude. It's disgusting, but it's amazing. How is it disgusting? Is this the guy eating? Nah, it's a little weird. Okay. I remember being put off by it a little bit. I feel like he was, you know, maybe just having too much. Right. <laughs> I, man, I wore that I, I wore that album out for real. I wore it out. What do you think that whole album slams? It does. It's it's an amazing it? album. I love that album. I might have to look at that album again or listen to that album again. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of like a modern Pink Floyd. Okay. It's not like trip hop. Like everyone he's like, oh, they're like trip hop. It's like it's like a pink. No, it's thing. no, it's more like rock than trip hop. That, yeah, there's that, barely any guitars in the whole album, but it's a rock album. Yeah, I don't consider that album a trip hop album in my opinion. Um we just talked about Sparkle Horse, Good Morning Spider, fantastic yep. album. Uh an, another good album is Cat Power, Moon Picks. Is this like very new Cat Power? She was very young, yeah. She had the video where she's doing like the Macarena dance. It's kind of like making fun of the Macarena. It's like when she listen to Cat Power. Oh ever. no, it was really good. I loved it back then because I thought like, wow, this chick's weird, you know? Okay, uh, Garbage Version Two Point come out in '98. Ah, that album's like half killer, half filler. Yeah, I hated it when it came out. Um, I'm like, this is garbage like in the bad sense the new garbage <laughs> album is garbage but like they listen- did that on purpose you know that right <laughs> yeah you can't call them garbage because they're garbage no, uh, yeah. but i listen to yeah, it now like half of it's great like the singles on that album were awesome 
No, there's a solid like EP, like long EP in there for sure. Um, okay, uh, Moon Safari by Air, which is fucking bang 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 album, still holds yeah, up today. Such a good fucking album. I think yeah. I said on another episode that's like my bass album. I plug that album yeah, in and I just like that, yeah. play my bass to it. It's like your like warm up vibe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, let's see what else we have here. Van Halen three was released in ninety eight. That's on you, bud. I know. I I can make an entire episode on that, and I actually reached out to Gary Sharon to see if he would come on the podcast because <laughs> he's actually really cool. I'd love to have him on. No, I, hey, I'm not shitting. That sounds fun. Okay, another big song in '98 was "Ghetto Superstar" from Proz and ODB and Maya. Yeah, I fuck with that shit. That's a good kind of cool. It's got it's got guitars in it. Like people hate <laughs> that song because it got beat the fuck into their brain. Just like and like. Maya's part's a little obnoxious. Yeah. But, like, that shit slams, dude. Like, come on. Like, quit being uptight. Like, fucking... That's a good that song. shit comes on, like, fucking vibe the fuck out. It's a good song. Good shit. Uh, like, yeah. like Bittersweet Symphony, I think it's a good song, but I think it was played too much. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I would... For me, like, old school, like, hip-hop, or, like, hip-hop from my memory shouldn't be old school or whatever. Right. Like I'm more accepting of that now after it got beat into my brain mm-hmm. because I just I feel like that genre is just a little bit more like easy to just kind of just be around. Do you know what I mean? Right, especially back then too. There wasn't a lot of weight behind it. Yeah, I mean, like the I mean. the shit the shit that they made had weight behind it, but there just wasn't so much. Like living in where I I live in Utah, so like you, you get what I'm saying, yeah. Like, I got it overexposed to the dog shit and then I get a, <laughs> yeah. a ton of hip hop, but not as much. So like when that, when I hear that now, I'm like, Oh fuck. And it was always in like decent environments, you know, like one environment. So it's like, that's, cool, okay, that's the thing too, because like hip hop became so popular in 97 in the mainstream, yeah. but in yeah. 98, it became pop. It was the dominant music style. No. And the thing that I noticed today too, actually, I, I don't know how I kind of stumbled upon this, but I was like, Listen to old school, like ludicrous, like stuff that I would never seek out. It just, just like kind of fell out. It was like yeah. a playlist in the situation. Hmm. And I was just like, I used to hate these songs. And I was like, you know what? These are really good, just like vibe. <laughs> yeah, they're well written, well produced. They're well written. And yeah. like you catch like a little nugget, like in the lyrics. And like the most of the artists on there, like um, whether it be like R&B or like rappers or like, you know, hip hop guys or even like just backup, like hook people, like. They kind of kill it, yeah. Like and like the fucking like lyrical flow, like is like on par with like the best people out now. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying like Kendrick or anybody like that, but like guys, you're like, oh, this the dude's like kind of legit, right? Yeah. Where like back then you were like, oh, Ludacris probably has like some of the shittiest like <laughs> fucking flow, yeah, in '98. But like you compare it to now, you're like, oh, dude was solid compared to like, <laughs> yeah. Majority, you know, I don't. Care. It's the same thing with that ghetto superstar, like Praz. Like that's the guy from the Fugees that no one cares he's the about. Weakest, the weakest link of yeah, the Fugees. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. freaking kills it on that song. He's the best oh, part of that song. And that was like his only song, but he fucking <laughs> yeah. absolutely nailed it. And it's like that guy had potential, right? <laughs> okay, so Ramstein Duhast was super popular. You know, I used to fuck with Rammstein because the thing is, is they did the fuck one of the songs for Lost Highway. And mm-hmm. did Lost Highway come out in 98? No, uh, come out in 97. God damn it. There I go again. 
But they had like a fucking song on the Lost Highway soundtrack that is dope as shit. And it's like prominently featured in one of the scariest, most fucked up parts. And I was like, Rammstein's my shit. So when that shit came <laughs> yeah. out, I was like, that's the band from Lost Highway. I fucking love these guys. I didn't, I, w- I really didn't care for Rammstein Rams- or however you say we it. We used to call him Ramstein. Yeah. Ramstein. It's Ramstein. Uh, I didn't really care for Ramstein when it came out because <laughs> I liked industrial music back then. And to me, that was like the pop version of industrial. Dude, have you seen that they still put on like insane live shows and they're just basically lighting themselves on fires while they play that it's shit? It's just jackass with just, drum dude, machines. it's the best. I saw like some shit on Instagram or TikTok and I was like, fuck yes. It's like, I, I want to see Rainbow. I want to watch these 50 year old assholes eat fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't like that back then, like I said, because I. I, again, I like Ministry and Pig and yeah, all those I bands, mean, right? Yeah. And this was like the dumb pop version of it. I hated yeah, it back it then. Stupid, yeah. But listen to it, and now you're like, this new Haas song's kind of good. It's, Dude, that it's shit just that, a freaking I hook. I was just thinking about the guitar alone. Like, it's just a, it's just a metal yeah. hook over and, and over. You're, like, you're kind of like, I fucking hate this. This is great. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like were the people right was this a good song all along yeah. and i was just an a-hole yeah. and like or i'm like is it just just is this not hitting because it's in german i just don't understand like is this like cooler you know like my brother had that album and um it had a couple of the singles in english as like hidden tracks at the oh, end oh no and they're and they they sound so friggin' lame Oh, I'm sure oh, because God. they're like overpronunciating English words, yeah, just like terrible. very slowly. <laughs> they had a song off the Mortal Kombat 2 movie, was it Annihilation? Okay, uh, and the yeah. song, okay, so the song's called Angle or something like that, and it's on it's in English on the album, yeah, and it's kind of a cool song. Like, I actually like that song until I heard it in English, and it's just it, it doesn't it means angel in English. Oh, no. So, like, the lyrics is just like, angels live and never die. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very foreboding in German. Right? Yeah, you're like, it's just like poetry in English. Smokey, smokey, and you're like, fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah, evil. You're like, angels fly to heaven. And you're like, eh, well, yeah, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Corn, follow the leader, was really popular in 98. Okay. So hold on, this is where this, I have a problem, and, and like I shouldn't admit this on a podcast because like I'm gonna get judged and it's fine. It's all right. But like I was kind of on board with the new metal shit. Like I wanted heavy shit. Mm-hmm. I I lost the ability to find like a lot of my like alternative bands and like space rock bands and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of like glommed on to like. I wouldn't say that I'm like out there like being like a corn kid with like the fucking big old jeans and <laughs> Jinko jeans. <laughs> yeah. But like their albums would come out, I would buy them and I would listen to them and I would like cringe, but also be like, these are like good written songs. Mm-hmm. And I know that like, I know that it actually, it's kind of funny. Like there is like a new metal or, or like revival kind of going on right now. Right. And, like, the people that are making it, like, they kind of know what the cringy part is, and they're, like, leaving that part out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like... making, like, really bouncy, heavy music. It's kind of like the emo revival in the same way. Yeah, but, like, they're not, like, crying or, like, saying, like, my parents or my dad, they're just, we're just fucking making yeah. heavy, bouncy shit, you know? With corn, um, 
I didn't like this Follow the Leader album, but I had the album that come out before that, the Life is Peachy album. That album was solid as fuck. You could cut out like fucking five, six tracks, but it's so good, dude. Eight good songs on that record. I stand by it today. I'm not a core. No, it's, it's bro, a heavy but... album. If you like heavy shit that's just like a little loose. Yeah. See, in 90, when that came out in 97, that's when I was first really getting into like heavy music anyway. Sure. So I just thought this like, oh, these are just younger metal guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I, so I think what you're about to get to and what you're kind of saying is like, Korn was just like a band. Like they were obnoxious and they were weird and they were dumb. Yeah. And they were cringy and embarrassing, at least for me, even as like a 14 year old, like I shouldn't cringe <laughs> at things as a, as a 14 year old, but, right. was but you were, yeah. For that band, you know? Yeah. But then, like, they put out another album that was really kind of tight and, like, not as cringy. And so then all of a sudden, like, the label, Interscope, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive Corb was on Interscope. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, they were like, these are our guys. Like, they just pushed the fuck out of them. Like, you know, they got stylists. Like, they still had the same hairdo and the outfits, but they, like, tightened them up. It's money. them a little bit and shit. They put so much into that, and that album was "Follow the Leader" was huge, and like, it's cringy as fuck. It really is. Yeah. But if you really listen to it as like a solid rock record, and take away like the you know like super immature lyrics or like the lyrics that just you can't get over like one thing in your life, and it's just very kind of emo ish. But yeah, before emo, and like the skit scat scatty scat shit he was doing and all that dumb shit like if you listen to that band just by itself if you could tolerate that bass tone like you're like these are fucking really cool like fucking bouncy power funk rock heavy metal shit like it's cool shit okay so like i said i didn't like this album i i liked i would ride hard for life is peachy when it came out and i was like 13 years old but when i listened to this i'm like uh, this just sounds like the clean version of it with money behind sure. it. And sure. that's what it is. I'm not saying that I was you know, correct. They probably were a better band with Follow the Leader. But to right. me, the, what I liked about the previous record wasn't on that album. In saying that, compared to all the other new metal that come out around that time, that's clearly a step above. And I think it's because they had money behind it. I mean, yeah. uh, in 97, 98, I was huge into the Deftones. That... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that's the thing. That, it's like they – sorry, go ahead and finish. What no, my, my, what I was going to – it's a real quick point is that how is Korn much different than the Deftones? I mean, if you – you know, I mean, I don't I don't think I've ever brought this up on the podcast, but Coop, you know this. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely love the Deftones. Yeah. Like, they're my fucking favorite band, right? And so I will say, like, as uh, as you're saying that, like, if you look back in, like, um, retrospective bullshit, right? Hmm. Like, Deftones albums are just, like, they're just, like, these fucking rock records. Right. Like, they really are. There is maybe a tiny tinge of new metal, but, like, right. they're not. It, if, you, if you compare, like, Around the Fur, which came out in 97, second album, to, like, Korn's third album, that came out in 98 and then like Limp Biscuit that followed really close and then like Slipknot and then a bunch of other, those other fucking bands. Mm. You listen to that Deftones album and you're like, this is just a fucking rock record with like a very free and experimental like mm-hmm. vocalist that was trying a lots of shit. Did he sometimes lean into like a rap first? Sure. But like this band really gives a fuck. 
Like they were trying and they were also trying not to do that, which you proved that on White Pony two years later, right? Yeah. But like my whole point is like that kind of primed me though. Like as much as I'm defending yeah. Deftones, like I'm like, oh, Deftones and Corn are fucking best friends. And like, cause they were, they were like tour mates and they lived next to each other and all that shit. And so like when that, and I was like, I fucking love Deftones. And I was like, oh my God, they're on tour with Corn. And I was like, I really love their last record. So this record's coming out. So I fucking love these guys. And then I'd be like, why is this guy like skit scat and rapping and like crying about his parents? I'm like, at 15, I'm like, I, Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? I guess I'll just like skip a couple tracks. But like this guitar part and these bass and like the way the drums go, it's so fucking. And then he comes in and he's crying, and I'm like, fuck, okay. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. You know? uh, clearly, the Deftones are better than Corn. I'm not comparing them in that sense. But like. You know what's funny is they tried to distance themselves for a really long time, and now because of money's there. <laughs> yeah, right. The revival's like back. Yeah. 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 No, but I'm just saying like. I'll defend the Deftones, especially those first albums. I I love the Deftones. I love them. Just you so want much me on this you. podcast? You better. Right. Well, I mean, I do, but I'm just saying that <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not putting them in the same thing as Corn. No, 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 no. But no. For you, you related it how I did, but I cut you off because I'm. No, I'm just saying like so. I'm not giving Corn a pass, but like I could. Those bands were clearly closer together than what than what I would probably care to admit, especially even back then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then like one thing really quick too is like I'm sure you were like learning to play things or yeah. kind of had mastered to play things, mm-hmm. and like regardless of how like cringy I thought some of that stuff was, like as a bass player or whatever, like I was like, this is cool, this is cool, yeah. like I and you could do it, this, yeah, and you could do it, but it was like this dude, this dude's bass sounds like nobody else's bass, right? Regardless if you yep. think it sounds like shit or if he's a good bass player or nothing, like. He invented, technically, this bass style slash tone that was mimicked for almost like six six years, right. six, seven years. Mate, like that's pretty cool. Even though the guy's a total fucking asshole, but like, come on, oh god, all you the know? dudes in corn. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> please. Probably half the dudes in the Deftones. Seriously, that's also true. They're getting yeah. yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Getting questionable, yeah. New metal did come out in a big way in in '98, and heavy music. the The metal bands that of the older ilk were kind of irrelevant at that point, um, because now everything was so related to pop. Metal was going pop, and when you make metal into pop, it has to borrow from hip hop. It has to borrow from all the or dance or all these other elements, and that's how new metal was basically made. Why did we decide to have this episode? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many cringy things to bring up. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying that, like, that's where new metal came out. And uh, I hated all the new metal back then because I was just now getting into real metal or older metal, right. I'll, I'll say. Sure. With the new metal, it was empowering for someone who's learning how to play an instrument. I was playing guitar probably more serious when I was like mm-hmm. 14, 15 years old started sure. when i was like 13 but to be able to play all these heavy uh rhythmatic chunky riffs by beat the fuck out of the top strings and then hurry and hit the bottom strings basically yeah 
<laughs> right. But, I mean, it's corny and cringy as that is, that's a big deal to a kid. So, like, oh, yeah. if you're only playing for a couple of years and now you can play the song those? exactly yeah. like what sounds on the radio, you're empowered. Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, like, I should hate this, like, year and I have hated it. Yeah. Or, Strongly disliked a lot of the songs you but there's like I'm albums like oh I fuck with that album yeah right like fuck with that album too the things like, I hated back then I actually really like now and I'll, yeah I'll say this really quick was Madonna's Ray of Light album yeah there's some fucking tracks on there dude that that album freaking hits hard man today have you listened to like just the song Ray of Light that oh, song yeah. is still a bop right That's now. Really to my head when you brought it up. That's a good yeah. song, man. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. There's so many good songs on that album, <laughs> and everybody had that CD too. Yeah, wild. Uh, quickly back to new metal, really quick. Uh, Slayer's album that Diabolus Music Musica or whatever came out in '98, yep. and that was Slayer purposely trying to sound like new metal. Okay. So that was another thing. Do you remember? It was like bands that had been out for a minute, right? They were like, kind of like, yeah, they were like doing weird shit, and you were like, so hold on, hold on, can I look something up really quick? Yeah. Well, while you're looking it up, I'll say this really quick because it's probably not what you're talking about. Um, everyone always trashes that Slayer album because it's the new metal Slayer album. It's really right. not new metal. It's just darker uh, and slower, but it's nothing, nothing like new metal. Uh, and it's not as bad as people say it was. It's like metal tinged anthrax, right? Like, I, yeah. The, like the thing is too is like as I were we were talking about like ninety eight, there was stuff that was like released like towards the end of ninety seven that like I found in ninety eight because it took that long for me to find it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, right. like I was thinking about like even like dumbass albums that like. I shouldn't be talking about. I'm like, oh, that fucking album was so good. And I'm like, oh, it's a set '97 album. And then I'm like, yeah, oh, well, that's because I didn't fucking know that it existed because there was no goddamn internet. <laughs> well, that was the thing too. The internet uh, came around in a big way in around '98. Yeah, it was like become more popular with people. I remember like trying to download like every Drew Barrymore picture possible in like '96. So yeah. Yeah. I in 1998 was madly in love with Charlie Theron. It's a good pick. She's yeah, wonderful. She's still my my wife in my head. She, um, yeah, thousand yeah, percent. She's yeah. absolutely yeah. That's yeah. Great. So uh, I uh, she was my wife back then. So I remember. Here's a funny story. I um, I wasn't driving yet, so I didn't have driver's license. So <coughs> wait, I, was, was this when she was in Devil's Advocate? Yeah, this was like that was ninety seven, but I had that on VHS. But yeah, <laughs> and two days in the valley, which is See, my favorite movie. Oh yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good fucking movie too. Uh, I remember she. I so I couldn't drive around myself because I didn't have driver's license yet. Right. And uh, she was in that movie, uh, Mighty Joe Young. It was like a Disney movie. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my cousin was uh, took her nephew, which is like a five-year-old, to see this movie. And she calls me up and she's like, hey, do you want to go with me to see a movie? I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, what are you seeing? She's like, uh, Mighty Joe Young? I'm like, yes, I'll go. I'll go. Like, I changed my mind. This is when I first got my driver's license. So I took my parents' my parents' car to my aunt's house. <laughs> and uh, But it was getting ready to snow because it was like in December. And my dad didn't want me driving because it was like 
crappy weather, you know. Right. He's like, okay, you can go, but just, you know, be back at a certain time, blah, 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 because it's going to get really bad. Uh, we go see the movie. Terrible movie. I love Charlie uh, Theron, but... I mean, she know. looks she looks absolutely wonderful in this movie. Yeah. And she's right there next to fucking What's-His-Ass from the Aliens movie. Yeah, friggin' Bill Paxton. Yeah, God. Why was he like a lead there for a minute? Uh, why Why was this movie made for one? But anyway, uh, it was the lead in the fucking tornado movie too. Yeah, it was they had to put before. hair pieces on him from Jesus Christ to hell because like he had no fucking hair. Like, so listen, um, I I, I went on a snowy road, brand new driver, just to get to my aunt's house so I can go see <laughs> Mighty Joe Young, right? Because that's Charlie Stern in it. Because I love Charlie Stern. So I came back to my aunt's house, and there's like a foot of snow on the ground. Okay, oh, so now no. I'm thinking like, oh, no, no, I'm going to have to drive home. And Dad's like, no, just stay there tonight. Just uh, just stay there. I don't want you on the road, this and that. This is why I didn't want you driving. Well, I didn't left the lights on until my parents' oh, car, so now the battery was died. dead. So not only did Jesus Christ was it stuck there at their house because yeah, it was snow, but then dude. yeah, my dad ended up having to come the next day and jump the car, the truck or whatever to get me home, and and it was all for for Charlie's. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Way to go! Yes. Way to go! So <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, Charlie Stan, this is what I did with my life for you. <laughs> Does that is that like an invite for the podcast? You're just letting her know. I'm letting her know because there's no way she would be on this show. She ate hot wings. Did she? Yeah, she went on the hot wings show. Yeah, I I don't like to watch the hot wings show. Another thing that happened in '98 was um, Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman got married. Man, Dennis Rodman's such a fucking dope motherfucker, dude. Like. Look, okay, I need to backtrack that. Okay, look, I, 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 as I think about him now, I think that what he was doing in the time that he was doing it in the league that he was in was really cool. Mm-hmm. Tons of cross-dressing, tons of, like, challenging, like, gender norms and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, he, but, but Carmen but he cheated. He cheated on Carmen Electra. I mean, isn't he supposed to? I wouldn't have cheated on Carmen Electra. No, but I mean, you, you would have for Charlie Theron. Yes, but but you don't okay. know who he cheated on who with. with <laughs> Maybe Charlie Theron was like, "Yo, Dennis, hey, you don't know." Ah. Uh... You don't know. Uh, to make this, uh, to get this out of that topic, uh, <laughs> you know what came out in, ni- in 1998, John? I don't want to know. What? TRL came out in 1998. That's when the fucking new metal shit started happening because they were like, Corn is the fucking number two video of the day, the number one video of the day. Like, fucking. That's when that fucking dumbass video shit contest, yep. and that's when everything went to shit. Because you fucking vote on your goddamn video. And... But you know what TRL did in a good and in a bad sense? I was I looked at this the other day and it kind of got me thinking. Um, it empowered women because sure. TRL basically told the world that teenage girls are pop culture. They, they're deciding on what's popular in pop, pop music. 
Yeah. Okay. You know, I'd agree with like that. girls always always like boy bands um, and all that stuff. All pop music is always that's the main target audience, right? Right. But TRL made it a like legit. You know what I'm saying? If if it wasn't for TRL boy bands, you know, in sync. Backstreet Boys, uh, all those bands, they probably wouldn't be as popular as they were. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, these were all like TRL artists. And these all come out like t- the tail end of 98 when TRL came out. Is this why I was so like, I didn't want a girlfriend so- in 98? Because I was just like, I'm mad at you guys for bringing this music to us. Probably. Can <laughs> you oh, imagine like, think of all the, think of the girls in 1998. Totally being like an incel because they made me watch Backstreet Boys. I'm like, no, yeah, no. Isn't it funny though? Like with Backstreet Boys and InSync and all that. Like nowadays, if you watch that, you're like, get that money, dudes. This sucks, but yeah. get your money. But no, like I'm back so then, proud of them. I'm so yeah, proud of them. Right, but I I despise them. Back then, every, just, every just, ounce of me. Just just hearing the name Backstreet Boys or InSync made me like just a piece of me would just die. I mean, I, so I mean, that's the thing is you think you think like now, like we're 40. Right. And like now, at least we've emotionally matured enough. Right. That when boy bands come along, we're like, we're not like, oh, fuck you, man. Fuck yeah, you suck. Right. We're like, oh, man. Right on. You yeah, get your money. Good job. Yeah. I can yeah, enjoy this for another couple of minutes while the commercial goes. Way to yeah. get that Pringles money. Way to go. <laughs> right. Good for <laughs> them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so. In a good way, that's what TRL did. I think it empowered young girls in that sense because they were calling in and they were making these things legitimately hit songs, right? I completely forgot about that shit, yeah. yeah. It also gave way to toxic fandoms. Oh, God. You're not going to do that to me on this episode. No, I'm not going to do this on this episode because it's already an hour into this. But in a good way, it did. And then in a bad way, it did, too. Because now there's people fighting over... What's the number one video every single friggin' day? And the thing is, too, is, like, it wasn't, like, a... If you think back to it, like, sure, you were a little excited just to, like, find out, but, like, you fucking knew. Right. There would be, like, this big thing, like, oh, fucking Korn took over Backstreet Boys, or fucking Britney Spears took over Limp Bizkit, or some dumbass shit. Yeah. You know, or, like... And then it was, like... Like, you knew, like, you, you're like, it's either going to be this video, this video, or this video. Like, nothing ever came out of left field where you were like, oh, my God, like, this fucking fastball song. And the fastball right. song was always at, like, six. For, like, yeah. nine years straight. <laughs> yeah, the whole year. Like, they yeah. voted fastball to six for fucking 16 more months. Like, right. running, dude. why do I have to watch 30, 45 seconds of this video again? Again, I want to know what the number one video is. I know it's corn, but I'm pretty sure it's Britney Spears <laughs> this week. Right. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, 1998 made a whole bunch of garbage. Uh, it empowered people. Would you go uh, back? Would I go back? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Would you go back as the age you were? Would you go back as an adult? I would go back to the age, age I was back then, and I would save my money and make better choices later <laughs> after 98. Yeah. Oh, you know what's weird about 98 really quick? Sure. Do you remember the Coke card? What's the Coke card? You've ne- like you didn't Coca-Cola? have the Coca-Cola? 
No, I never. I didn't have the Coke card. You didn't have the Coca Cola no, card. Okay. Been illegal. I live in like a state where like Mormons weren't supposed to drink caffeine, so maybe there was no okay. Coke Utah. Okay, yeah. so I'll make this quick. Uh, the Coca Cola card was hyped the hell up and on TV commercials, magazine ads. I've never like, heard about this. I okay, you're like, what is it? What's the Coke card? You, don't you know open up Rolling is. Stone magazine, there'd be like a full page saying it's coming. You know. Uh, coming soon the coca-cola card you're like is it a credit card what is it what is it, it was it was a discount card uh and it was like perks for buying coke all over the country like, no matter so, where you bought it uh it was like participating things but it was weird it's not like a gas station points card like how we got like every gas station now or, or whatever right. it was kind of like that but it wasn't very clear on what it did like you had, it came. It was a, like so it a, never it did anything. Then is what the what the punchline is, basically. But <laughs> uh, so listen, so it was like a credit card. You would scan it and, and stuff, but it had like a list of places. Like if you took it to a Seven Eleven, if you bought a Coke, you get a hot dog for like a quarter or something, right? That's uh, not good. Okay, so but Coke spent like $75 million in this oh, promotion. Yeah. Uh, but it only worked in certain uh, markets. Well, being that I live in Chicago, I had a good market. I'm sure, yeah. So the two things that I always used the Coke card on was yeah. I could get into Six Flags for half price. Oh, shit, that's dope. Right. Yeah. And if you, ordered a, medium, if you ordered a medium pizza from Domino's Pizza, you get a second medium for free. What with the coke points? With the coke card, yeah. Dude, and all you do is show them the card. Shit right there. Yeah, that's shit. you were fucking living the baller lifestyle, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> with the with the coke points. Yeah, coke card. Yeah, that was like that thing on Pepsi. Remember that fucking commercial where they were like, if you get enough Pepsi points, you buy a jet. Some asshole ended up with enough points to buy a jet and was like, and they didn't have a jet. Coke. And they were like, I don't fuck tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Pepsi points too. I think I got like a pair of sunglasses or something. Hey man, at least you cashed in. The rest yeah. of us didn't. Yeah. I've had way too many cans of crystal clear Pepsi in my life. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> like a couple 12 packs, which is more than enough. Oh man, I wish the Coke card still exists. It's <laughs> one of those medium pizzas right about Dude, now. Dude, you be getting some Coachella, some Coachella backstage passes. Some <laughs> Coke you've been drinking. <laughs> The, a good album that came out really fast was uh, in '98 was Lauren Hill, the Miss yep. Education. Yep, uh, that was a good album. Yep. Um, I would like to say that was probably looking back, that's probably my favorite album of '98. I mean, that's the thing that's wild about her. I mean, we could do a, I could, I could spout my dumb opinion, which has, has no relevancy to what Lauren Hill's gone through in her life, but mm-hmm. that. I wish we would have gotten more. That's basically all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, did you know the dude from uh, Taking Back Sunday plays bass on that record? Really? Like the guy that like played the five string that was like a little bit of a, like a shredder? Uh, the guy from Taking Back Sunday that was their second bass player when they were popular. Yeah. Uh, Matt, he plays Matt, the five string. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Rubano. Yeah. He played yeah. bass on that record. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling they got like a little bit of a studio guy that like just agreed to join the band and be part of the band. But yeah. like, he was like a studio guy. Yeah. I could tell by the way he played. I was like, yeah. this is a studio guy. Mm-hmm. And like his, he shreds with TBS. I'm just saying, like, he yeah, has, he's not in the band. He hasn't been in the band for like 10 years now. But... No, but he was for a couple of years, like three, four years, right? Yeah. He did like two albums, didn't he? Yeah, two or three. Yeah. yeah. He was good. 
good. I think he's a good bass player. But yeah, it's funny because like, oh wait, he played on that record like five years before using TBS. How old is this guy? Yeah, you know? man, living the dream. Yeah, so that's that's my favorite record. Or I'm gonna say Madonna, Rave Light. Those are my two pop records that I loved back then. Nice. I'm loving it. I'm loving so, it. So, uh, your final thoughts on 1998? Was it a good year or a bad year for music? Uh, it was a good year because I feel like, as annoyed as I was, I was able to like dig in to some things that I probably loved in '98 that I didn't bring up on this episode at all, and then dig into some '97 stuff that maybe I didn't get a chance to, or maybe it was a situation where I wasn't being overexposed, so mm. I got into stuff I found the year before. I mean, I, I, I think back on 98 of, like, where I was in my life, and it was good. Yeah. You know, like, I was irritated by music, but, like, right. take it. Take it. Like, go back there if I had to. It's like the stuff that we was irritated with is, like, super petty. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, the we, thing. Were, we were 15 years old. I mean, what yeah, else I, mean, I mean, that's the thing is I was pissed that, like, I couldn't watch certain music videos and I had to watch other music videos. But I, there was still a channel that just showed music videos. Right. You know, well, techno become pop in '98 too. Yeah, Daft Punk got super big in '98, didn't they? Fat Boy Slim got really big in '98 too. Like, I mean, 98... some of that shit still holds up, dude. Like, Daft Punk's homework still has some fucking bangers on it, dude. man. Every one of their records, like from back then, like in the '90s, were the Chemical Brothers. Like, those yeah. were all like banger I mean, some albums. Of those bigger, like fucking like house, like techno guys. Like, mm-hmm. they sure they shouldn't have been as popular as they were. At least been on MTV or whatever the fuck. But like. Those are good fucking DJs. Those are good producers. Like, yeah, and they fucking put their fucking effort in like four to five years before they got any attention. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm glad they got some attention, you know, like, and the shit they made after and like during, like, yeah, it was maybe annoying at the time because you wanted to hear something else. But if you listen back on it, you're like, these are such good songs. Like, they're meticulously so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But again, that's that's my biggest takeaway with '98. The stuff that I hated back then holds up a lot better now than no, I, I would yeah, care to admit. Yeah, everything you're reminding me of, I'm like, no, yeah. and never mind. That was actually pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, I mean, it was garbage back then, though. I mean, like that Aerosmith song from Armageddon. <sighs> that was you know, rough. the freaking Goo Goo Dolls. Armageddon was a little rough. Man, the movie sucked in '98. Man, like think oh, about all that. What do you have? Do you have like some highlights? Like Armageddon. Yeah, no. We're (laughs) good on that. The movie sucked. Um, Godzilla. Now you know I'm a you know I'm a Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's in that one, huh? Yeah, you know I'm a a big you know Godzilla guy. Uh, That movie's terrible. It was terrible then. It's terrible now. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I mean other movies that came out in uh, '98. Well, well, I mean the Big Lebowski came out in '98. Yeah, I could leave that movie. I, I, so yeah. Uh, let's see what else came out. Something About Mary came out in 98. Yeah. I mean, I have no desire to watch it now, no. but I've watched it like... When you were 15. Yeah. Man, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Shaving Ryan's Privates is a good movie. Vin Diesel's in that. I know. You kiss that... your brother with that mouth? Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> 98 also gave us terrible music, but it also gave us freaking Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, which makes it we should forget this year that now that if you're bringing that up. Uh, no, Eminem we, got signed by Dr. Dre. God damn it, dude. 
hate him in him so much. So much, dude. I, I'm so tired of people saying, like, oh, but he's one of the greatest rappers who ever lived. Why? I, I have a very controversial opinion about white people in hip-hop, and I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm not going to say anything else. So so there you go. That's what happened in 98. Seinfeld ended. Dawson's Creek was a thing. Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal. <laughs> uh, Phil Hartman was murdered by his wife. Yep. Uh, Viagra became a thing. Wonderful. Smoking became illegal in everywhere in '98. I feel like that's a good thing too. Yeah, it was a good thing. Uh, Celebrity Deathmatch was on TV. We had old dudes that couldn't smoke in public anymore, but they had erections. Yeah, yeah. They took so (laughs) they were really hungry, but they had boners. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. Can't have my <laughs> fucking marble red afterwards, though. God oh, damn it. So here's the funny thing, and I'll close it out with this. Okay, go ahead. Viagra became a thing in 98. You know what the biggest song on the Billboard was in 1998? I don't want to know. Next. Uh, too Close. Well, there you go. It's, I mean, I fucking love that song. That song still holds up. And, I mean, if we're going to have a Viagra year and we're going to have a dance song about boners, fucking A, man. That's 1998 was the year of the boner. <sighs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like how I brought that all around? No. The, that's, can we title the podcast that? 1998, the year of the boner. Please. Uh, no one would listen. <laughs> or would they? Yeah. This, is, um, this is how we do it, right there. So that's how we end it. Um, I want to say thank you for everyone who's listened for the past 25 episodes. Um, it's been Sorry really fun. if you have. That's a yeah. lot of <laughs> I apologize if you listened yeah. to all those consecutively. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you waited monthly too, that seems like such a letdown. But thank you, anyways. So <laughs> uh, here's the twenty five more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Here's the two hundred and fifty more. <laughs> All right, uh, this has been the Crush Monocle Podcast. Please like and subscribe. Uh, give us a best rating ever, yeah. or whatever. Smash the like button. And uh, follow us on the social media because that's important. And in the comments, tell us about your first wet dream. In the comments, tell us about your first wet dream. I'll give you that, John. Thank you. After two years, I finally got the coop endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) On the Too Close episode. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right. Uh, I'm your host, Coop. This is my co-host, John. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you.